Rocking chair, chair session. With Elisa Di Batista. Maria Teresa Barber. Hello, everyone, and welcome to RCS Rocking Chair Sessions, Volume 122, with artist Thomas Pills. Welcome, Thomas. Hey. <laughs> Not your usual Hi, hours, I think, haunting the big house, correct? In your studio upstairs, to you. Yeah, more, more, more or less, you know. You arrive in the evening, more, more, more or less, instead of the morning hours. It's, I'm, I'm precisely a creature of habit. Like, I, I, my, I would say most of my days start with wake up at six o'clock, wake up again at six thirty, get to work at seven, finish work at three, get coffee at three thirty until about four thirty-five. And then either go to the studio for the rest of the day or call it a day off and hang out in the corner with some friends. Really depends who shows up that day. So. You got your routine down. I'm day. absolutely a creature of habit. Do you have weekends off or do you work weekends? Um, I work uh, Sundays and Mondays, or I, I'm off Sundays and Mondays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, which is nice. I like having that two day weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, I feel like it is always a challenge, like this day job, you know, studio time, balance. And I feel like it usually it, it works pretty well if you don't have any other projects, but you just had a major project at the Collabo show. Oh I don't God. even know how you're still standing. I should. Um, I really shouldn't be. You shouldn't be because I. I mean, you were still working, right? And you were still like full time installing um, full time. Yeah, working yeah. full time, and you were you were doing this massive installation. But tell us about it. it I think it was so cool, and oh, I man. was so it's, excited to see it. It was definitely. It, it was first off the first installation piece I'd ever done. You know, I've always been. My my entire practice has been like two dimensional painters, like show up, do some paintings until I don't want to anymore, and then just you know like call it a day. But <laughs> then then uh. Je- Jeffrey Noble, um, an old friend of mine, actually, like fr- we know each other from like our hometown. We're both from Melbourne. Um, invited me to join him for collabo, and uh, him and I were talking about, you know, kind of like our mutual grounds. And I uh, came to my studio, commented on some paintings of mine that were like these light studies from like inside my bedroom at night. Um, so we, we pulled the trigger on that and uh, made some plans to get one of these rooms in the back of the top floor of the Calabo space and turn it like into a bedroom about kind of like both of our like collective memories of growing up in the same town. And then he had a baby and realized- Congratulations, by the way, out there. Yeah, yeah, congratulations, Jeff. Um, and maybe his girlfriend too, or wife. Wife, wifey. Yeah, wife. yeah. Uh, they're they're going to be great parents. Jeff's yeah. such a nice guy. But And they're both nice and easy, right? Yeah. People know them yeah. as nice yeah. and easy. Yeah. yeah. So naturally, he soon realized that having a baby is an immense amount of work. So had to step away, and I signed on um, uh, Rachel Lee. Um, we were in the same graduating class in New World. She's also my roommate. Um, to uh, join in collabo because we also have like these very similar senses of like aesthetics of like this like teenage nostalgia. Um, yeah. She actually did a really great installation piece, um, pretty similar at Mana Contemporary. I think it was like Lost Basel. Okay. Yeah. So her and I finished up the project um, and just, oh my man, it was so much work. The funny thing was, I saw you before the hurricane was supposed to hit, right? And there was no way that you would have finished it without oh, the help of Dorian. Like, absolutely it would, there, no you way. You would not have been able to I do was, it. It was, was a like, room that was dark with like two pieces of furniture of that and... and it was just no way. I, I, built, I had to build an entire wall in that room just so I could like install this window where the, so that where I could the like, TV filter the light through. Kind of, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so there was like a door that was there, and but then you created this window where an old TV was kind of like looking in. Like video games or something? Yeah, yeah. It was that, like old video games that, or something. That, 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 that was uh, one of Rachel's contributions to the mm-hmm. project. Was um, She has this uh, interest in kind of like this like nostalgic, like... You know, like Nintendo and uh, the, the the game that was on the TV was Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she has like a great nostalgic affect for like playing video games. So on this other side of the window, she like installed a uh, this VHS tape that she recorded like a few days prior of just her playing Animal Crossing for two hours. And then behind that, like I had like this yellow light that was. Um, like mimicking like the street light that's outside of like the bedroom that I live in right now that's always like projecting these like lines from the blinds like onto my wall that I've always thought it was just like a very interesting kind of like phenomenon yeah the light the light was really beautiful and it was also kind of like over the bed so it was like the sheets and everything was kind of like drenched in this really nice light yeah it was um definitely orchestrated like mm-hmm. it was like you guys definitely decided where you wanted to place each thing to control like where the light bounced off of yeah i'm created I'm, I'm, I'm notoriously a bit of a control freak so you know every every little bit and piece of that project i touched i really wanted it to be like exactly doing this to exactly this effect yeah coins on the floor you had like a messy the, the coins on the floor was actually just like a day of the show i just reached into a thing of coins and i was like whatever there needs to be coins everywhere because my, my room right now because i've not been home for like ever is just scattered with spare change i get home i just empty my pockets toss them and just like flop on my bed you need one of those little magnetic search thingies that just like collects coins. <laughs> really, really, I just need to take twenty minutes and clean my room, but that'll be for my day no off time, on Thursday. No time, no time. <laughs> so, I mean, you had to also um, schlap everything three three stories with no elevator. We we had an elevator. Did you use the elevator? In Dorian. The- um, okay. I think maybe Dorian knocked the elevator out. I'm not really sure what the story was. Um, so but we still, we still had one flight of stairs to get through. We can only get to the second floor. Mm-hmm. And then we had to shove everything up the third floor. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, wasn't the worst. You know, I'm, Could have been worse. You're, you're quite young. You've got energy. <laughs> I, I, don't mind, you know, I don't mind manual labor. I, it was actually... Right after I finished deinstalling my piece, I saw um, Lauren and Magnus deinstalling their 1,500 pounds of concrete oh sculptures. And I was just like, "Like, do you guys need help?" And unfortunately, they said yes. Oh no! So I was there for another four hours, helping them hauling 1,500 pounds of concrete. Good energy like, your way. Good energy your way. I, I, I was so sure the back axle of my car was going to break on, like, the first pothole. Like, my car was just sagging. Oh, my God. We, by, by the time we got to Magnus's studio, we were just delirious. You're just like all, artists Just all trade. looking at each other, just being just like, oh, so my God. Just so tired. But you did it. And I yeah. think it's always, like, really exciting that the Collabo show... I mean, just for our listeners who didn't make it to the Collabo show, the Collabo show has been like a staple in the Miami art scene for many, many years now, probably more than 10 years. It's the sixth rendition of the Collabo show. Usually happens every two or three years. This year, Justin Long, Agustina Wuke were like mainly organizing it and it happened uh, right next to Mana, the 777 mall building. And it is, it was a one night only show. And it is, the only rule is that you have to collaborate with someone. That's it. Like, uh, you can basically do whatever you Anything want. Else goes. You can. And I, I couldn't believe how much work so you many put in, and also yeah. like Lauren and Magnus. It's, but it's also really exciting because a lot of people put a lot of work in there just because they get so excited to collaborate with someone else, right? There is an energy always in that show, and it was also about getting the last to escape time it was, from what you normally do. Like, would you do installation now? Now that you've tried it, yeah, would you do it again? <sighs> Man, that's, I mean, that's a question I've been asking myself, um, like, like still like physically reeling from like this show. Like I'm, I'm, I don't have a day off of work until Thursday and just, I'm like a zombie <laughs> right now. Like this is the worst day you could have me do this interview because oh, I'm just no. spaced. 
Well, great. It'll be more, what is it, um, uninhibited. Just Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all feel the same today. I feel like it's like a space day. I feel like a lot of people are really tired Oh, uh, man, I got, I got to work this morning. I was supposed to be off today, but my boss is on vacation. So I, I just showed up just, oh, my God, not wanting to be there. Yeah. But you did it. You I made did. It you know, the I, I, I did all the work that was required of me. Like I was effective at my job. Excellent. Yeah, I'd I haven't been home since. Oh I like, no. I had to go visit my friend at his restaurant that he's opening up. I had to meet Always. a friend over at Alt Day. It's been a busy day. Yeah, it's been it's been an intense time, and I feel like it's also sometimes when it happens like with. With, we were talking about the hurricane, so you got another two weeks to really finish the project, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's also like I feel like uh, also last week, like the week of the Colabo show, everything was so crammed into that weekend because we had to make up for all this time that we were just waiting for the hurricane to hit us, right? And then everything gets like cramped into that bam, weekend. Bam, there bam, were like five yeah. openings or something crazy <laughs> like that, right? And then yeah, it was like it was pretty incredible, but. Um, yeah, I'd say pretending that you have one funds or two a space that is open and you have a foretelling of when it's going to happen months in advance and you have time to like actually orchestrate it and plan it and have all that aspect of control in your mind, would you potentially do another installation? I, I would say so. That would not be up for a day. That would be up for a while. Yeah. Not for um, one day. <laughs> even, even if actually for one day. But I, I think, I mean, I mean, one, I'm really satisfied with how that piece came out. Oh, it was great. Um, you know, I've been, I've been hearing through the grapevine that not only was the piece a success, but it, it was a success in the ways that I wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like, like people got what I was trying to, like, get across, you know, like, wasn't like, oh, this is a cool blue room, like... Neat. He painted a room blue. It was like people actually went in and they're like, "Oh my god, I'm 16 again." Mm-hmm. You know, it, it took was, you back. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's. I actually. I don't know if I can say this on here. On two separate occasions, I had two people walk into my room and just go like, "Oh man, this just really makes me want to masturbate." Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you like, did. If, if I can have that effect, <laughs> that's just, all you want. Like, I'm, I'm happy. It just took them to being a teenager, closing the door and hiding from their mom exactly. or dad. Exactly. So funny. And I'm, I'm really excited because ever since I got to, kind of like control this like three dimensional like, you know, like ambient space mm-hmm. and like the way that I did, um, it's actually. I actually haven't really done any serious time in the studio since, but I imagine it will um, have like some serious um, informing of uh, my painting practice going forward. Yeah. I'm uh, actually really ever since I painted that room blue, I've been wanting to um, kind of like start glazing paintings in like blue uh, wax and see if it can have like some sort of like similar affect. Okay. Um, I had one, one of the favorite things that happened with. Uh, this installation is I think it's impossible to document I, I it's um like I, I don't think any pictures that I could take of it would do it any justice it really became one of those like you have to be there and you have to be in a room that is both pitch black and also painted blue and has these like weird lights bouncing around the space is that you can't really just like condense that into like you know, a digital image. Yeah. Oh God, unless you have some kind of 360 situation where it could do like the whole room. I, I mean, like not even that, like. I feel so like, much was about the feeling of being like also kind of like a small room and being like almost crowded in yeah. there or being like it, you know, or like cooped up or something. And that was like, that was a like part of it too. It was the light, but it was also this feeling of like a nest situation yeah. or something. My, right? my, my, my original plans for this room that had to get ditched during uh, installation was I wanted to build like an actual ceiling, like a stucco ceiling. Yeah. That was, you know, maybe would have only been maybe like seven feet high. And then there was the ceiling fan that would be like hanging from the seven foot ceiling. So it would be at like high level for most people and like really just claustrophobe. Please like, don't say it was on. <laughs> No, no, man. God, if I had to wire that fan, oh, it'd be horrible. No, I, I, I hung it from like a ratchet, uh, like clamp or whatever those things are called, from like some like 
concrete metal structures in the ceiling. Ever, ever since I after after I gave up on building the ceiling, I actually had to tear the whole ceiling out, oh which goodness. was a lot of fun. Probably knocked a year off my life. Oh my! All the well, inhalation of all the, the mold and the asbestos. It, 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 it was so much fun finding that many like natty light tall boy cans hidden in the ceiling from like previous squatters or something. <laughs> workers and pay less uh, who knows the treasures of an old building I <laughs> totally i was thinking when i was looking over your website what is the series that you feel um branched out and made you decide to go into that space because I, I noticed that you have a lot of um outdoor like some landscape imaginary pieces you do have your ticket series but then you have a few that do feel like more like Room, cozy, ambiance inside of an internal inside space. Like, which series for you kind of sort of led you towards thinking about the three dimensional? Um, I I I think this installation piece was based precisely off of uh, these three paintings I did, which actually aren't on my website. Okay, was because I did such a hack job at varnishing them that there's just so much dust and paint like bristles in them that I just kind of like want to not really like involve them in like the professional sphere of my life. They're just, they're light studies. You're like, I want to set these on fire. I mean, I, I, I love them dearly. And actually I'm going to redo them on a very large scale. Um, these, these three paintings I'm going to visit again on a, a much more ambitious and cleaner um, uh, take. But I, I, I these like three little uh, like light studies of just how like the lights function in my room at night, um, and it, it was just like some really interesting things were happening when I was like really trying to like paint darkness with like these little just like licks of mm-hmm. light. So yeah, you know, it, it was specifically that study um, that kind of like sparked that. Or more, more specifically, it was my original meeting with Jeff, mm-hmm. who like came into my studio and we had like a little studio meeting. And then that was like, and the he like picked those paintings out and like, you know, like demonstrated like an acute interest in them. And I remember in 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 their work, like with nice and easy, they always use very specific lighting as well. Like he has a sensitivity to that, you know. Yeah. They use like colored light or they. Like to create an atmosphere, I can see that. Yeah, he was I, like I, I, I can't that. doubt that. Specifically with Jeff, I mean, we mm-hmm. we both went through the same painting programs at New World. Mm-hmm. It's it's actually the reason why I went to New World was uh, I had finished. Um, I, I knew him in high school. We were both like graffiti kids, mm-hmm. and but he was a few years ahead of me, so he left Melbourne, went to New World. And then I graduated from high school, and I just like called Jeff up, and I was like, "Hey, man, I don't know what to do with my life, you know." All I got is, you know, this high school graduation and my love for graffiti. And he's like, whatever, man, just like come to Miami, like apply to New World. So it was the only school I applied to. It was literally the only plans I made. Amazing. And I, and I got accepted, so here I am. Here you are. Yeah. How was that experience? Like to leave Melbourne, start new here, go to school here? Oh, Culture man. shock? It was such a mixed bag. Um, I mean, it, it took me absolutely forever to kind of like feel like I had some roots here in Miami. But in many cases, that wasn't a bad thing. Um, it was kind of nice, like growing up in like a small beachside town that no one's ever really heard of, to like come here to like the city. Specifically, like I landed in downtown Miami. Like I had an apartment downtown, I had school downtown, and my job was downtown. Everything. So I lived downtown, like really like the twilight zone of Miami. And I, I, I spent probably like two years never leaving that like little bubble. And that was cool. And then, I mean, New World Painting is just such a phenomenal program. Um, you know, I got, my first semester was uh, WARP. I can't even remember what WARP actually stands for. Um, I think it was like work and research practice. Mm-hmm. Nice. But it's it's this sadistic idea of a class <laughs> where you get these just brand new freshman BFA students and just run them through contemporary practice 101. Just here's a project, be a contemporary artist, 
break boundaries, and we're going to grill you in critique. Nice. And then after I did Warp, you know, sufficiently disillusioned from the art world. What did you make? Garbage. Just a lot of garbage. <laughs> painted garbage or? No, no, no. Sculpted garbage. Oh. Um, some painted garbage, some drawn garbage. Um, just a whole lot of garbage. And then I think a semester or two later, I landed in painting one class with um, Jedi Master Aramis O'Reilly. I know Aramis. He came to visit the bake house. He just did like studio reviews. He's responsible for so much good painting in Miami right now. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's absurd Mm -hmm. how many good painters in Miami like got their bones in Aramis's class. Mm -hmm. I I never touched a paintbrush before in painting one. And my first still life, we had painting one semester. We had one semester to make one still life. And. I mean, like, I don't want to, like, pat myself on the back, but, oh, my God, it was so good. It was such a... And it a, was your first It was such painting, a good painting. Yeah. It's... I mean, he's, he still uses it to show his other classes. I, I hear about it all the time. And this isn't, like, a testament to my own abilities. I was just soaking in whatever, like, this guy was telling me, and it was mm-hmm. insane. And ever, ever since, like, that class, I've been strictly, like, a realist oil painter. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, dude got to me. <laughs> And also, I think it something eventually it clicks. Something that you're attracted to, or you feel that you have the most strength in. And I, I, I think so. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of interesting. I actually just writ, uh, wrote an application out for um, the uh, the uh, home and away U lights um, cool. thing. Yeah, fingers crossed. But the the entire part of this application was that I've been painting for the last you know, six years. And I think it's about time I really buckled down and find out what exactly it is about paint that I find so attractive. You know, I've, I've been so involved in like the narrative of my work and like the imagery and like the vernaculars that I'm dealing with, but I don't actually think I quite figured out why it's paint that I do do that, you know? I, I, I can do whatever I do like just as effectively with photography or, you know, drawing or printmaking. Never figured out what it is about paint that I haven't stopped using it for the last six years. Mm-hmm. I really like the description you said of the, like, the lick of light. Like, I think that is such a sweet phrase. It's like a little, um, like it's precious almost. Like you, there's a care for it there versus like you're like garbage sculpture, garbage this. And then you're like a lick of light. Like it's, there's something in the stroke. I think, and also being an ex-writer, like a graffiti artist, I think there's something about the stroke that's very pronounced. So um, obviously a, a paint can is not a brush, but um, do you feel a kindred to not go back to graffiti that you felt that you've connected more with painting and with the oil? I, I would say so. Um, I, I was okay at graffiti, but I always felt like I never quite had like full control over the medium. Like it's like condensed like paint in a can. I mean, there's there's people who are way, way better at it than I could ever wish to be. And like, they have like full control over that medium. But I, I was never quite that good. But some also use brushes. What? Some also use brushes. Oh, Go yeah. back into it and they touch up with brush. It's, it's also a scale thing. Um, you know, coming back to just me being a huge control freak is, is yeah. I I'm, my my favorite uh, scale to paint is like really small, like if you if you go to my studio I just own twenty of like the smallest brushes you can like possibly find artists and craftsmen, and like that's that's my favorite way to work because I just have this tiny little space and I just control every little iota of like where that paint is, and then when when, when you scale up you either have to spend hundreds of hours on it. Or you kind of have to you like loosen up, you have right? to loosen up, and that's that's something I'm actively trying to work on right now. But you know, I'm I'm still my best self, like working small. Mm-hmm. Is that where the the parking tickets was born from, or was the parking tickets born from getting parking tickets? <laughs> pa- parking tickets were born from getting parking tickets. Um, I, I had a very specific conversation with a friend of mine once after getting a parking ticket, and we were just kind of like. You know, we were just kind of like brainstorming about how to sort of navigate this 
ubiquitous like part of being like a driving Miamian. And it's just, you know, the conversation turned into one of those things like, you know, what are my skills? What are, you know, these avenues that I have mm-hmm. to sort of like circumnavigate just like, you know, this like financial burden that is getting, you know, a $23 ticket every like week or two. And, you know, we came to the conclusion that, I mean, just take the ticket and just using my skills as an artist, turn it into something that is mine to sell. So, you know, naturally just, you know, I, I tried my best to keep the paintings under an hour and then sell it for the price of the uh, the fine, which is, you know, usually $23. And, I mean, that's still more money than I make at my day job in an hour. So, you know, that's pretty nice. <laughs> and they have there, there is something about those parking tickets. I think I understand it better now also because you're saying you have a lot of fun painting small. Mm-hmm. It's like something that you enjoy doing. So and tiny. I think I think you can really feel it with those... They're very whimsical, but they're very beautiful. They're beautifully beautiful. painted. I use them for the preview. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're like, um, like you started, you started to use it more also as um, like the the citation basically the written text as a backdrop for figures sometimes you cover the whole thing yeah. um, sometimes it shines through sometimes it does it doesn't but, but there's I, still I that think light it's really in there, yeah. yeah there's something really that you made your own like I never knew that it was like really you you thought about it before you started doing it I thought you just used it because it was paper and you know but you really thought about like conceptually while you're doing this I thought that that's really cool but it, it's it's really I feel like it's very much you I, I feel like that's I, I, I think that has a lot to do with um, whenever I'm uh, working on these parking tickets it's like like what I decide to paint, I put the absolute least amount of thought in. It's just like, you know, I go get off of work, have my coffee, inevitably get a parking ticket while I'm having coffee. Ugh. And then get to the studio and then whatever's on the top of my mind, like that's what goes on the ticket. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about memes lately, so I've been painting memes. Um mm-hmm. otherwise I'll just like paint like something that's been in my reference folder that like I wanted to use but couldn't quite turn into like something to mesh in mm-hmm. with like the rest of my practice as an artist. Like these these tickets kind of operate as like this like nice little bubble. Like a free for all. Yeah, like 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 totally separated from like the rest of these things that I'm trying to approach as an artist. And it's just merely a surface to put an image on that, you know, I think I might have some fun painting and somebody will buy it. Right I, away, I, I, like right, right away. I'm, my current average for ticket sales right now is, I'd say within 15 and 20 seconds. Yeah. I post it on Instagram and like that, it's gone. Yeah, and, and ticket is waiting, paid. And people are waiting in line already. Like they, they were just waiting for you to post it basically and oh, then yeah. they're gonna get it. I, I, it's, it's really the, interesting. People ask me to, like if they can pre-buy and I'm like, the game is like, you call, comment dibs and it's yours. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah, it's it. It reminds me of some something that I was like experiencing in grad school. I usually tend to be a hard worker. I feel like I I put myself through a lot usually with my artwork, and then sometimes I do a piece where I'm just having fun doing it, you know. And I'm like, and and those usually end up to be really good uh, because I I don't know because I just let it flow or something but I feel like with your with your ticket pieces it is like that you know you're just having fun you're like you're not controlling that much in a way yeah. you're just saying and it kind of comes through and it really it, How many it really you, enjoys have you, have you done at this point yeah I think the official number is 21 times 20 that's not too bad that's money oh I thought there were more already no, I, uh. I do have number 22 in my backpack right now. Oh. I'll get around to later. <laughs> Everybody's going to be eyeing your Everyone Instagram Everyone is so happy now. when you get a ticket. <laughs> the game is on. I'm, I'm so happy when I get a ticket, too. It's actually really funny. Like, I'll be, like, sitting, like, at the corner with my friends, and, like, the ticket meter person goes by. Everyone gets up and, like, goes to try and pay their parking first. And then somebody's like, hey, Tom, ticket meter here. The, the ticket person's here. And I was like, I really hope they get my car. 
Like, like what, what kind of weird artist life am I living right now that? when I'm actively trying to get parking tickets? I think that's such a wonderful example of how you can reframe your life I into know, something right? positive, you know? <laughs> so like true. people, we are not going to name any names, but people can get really, really upset <laughs> about getting it. Well, sometimes you don't want to get one, and when you do get one, <laughs> you don't think, want like, to, you manage to. You so. managed to change the dynamic, really. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the, the whole series title is called Still Cheaper Than Paying, because mm-hmm. even before before I started this project, I like did the math, and it's way cheaper to just get a parking ticket than it is to pay every single time. Yeah, you know, I for every twenty three dollar parking ticket, I could have spent maybe like forty bucks on parking. Yeah, this is true. And sometimes the math doesn't quite work out, and I'll get like three in a week. But once I went two months without getting one, wow, I was upset. I really wanted one. <laughs> But isn't it also like that when you wait for something to happen and it doesn't happen, but if you don't want it to happen, it happens all the time? This is true. I wanted to ask about this. um, The psychology of this should be taught in school. Like, that's something you, you, that's your legacy, you know, the Thomas Bill's way. That's that's my TED talk, like reframing your existence to appreciate parking tickets. (gasps) Like a reality with an imaginary, which is why I wanted to talk about the. The, the imagined kind of they're not just all landscapes but you have these the the series of like different spaces that part of it is imaginary and part of it is realistic where did the the desire to input like your kind of like your imagined um this this can get a little bit long-winded so i'm gonna try and condense don't condense we have time <laughs> <laughs> um well I, I, I grew up in uh, Mel- Melbourne, Florida, which is like middle Florida, kind of like this like off-skirt town that nobody ever really goes to unless they surf or, or running low on gas going up 95. <laughs> um, so it's, it's one of those like very strange places that, you know, gives Florida like that reputation of being like a very odd place. Um, well, like I, I grew up in the middle of that. And I mean, it's always been weird. And then I was one of the weird people who made it weird, you know. Um, In a good way, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I was I wasn't a great kid. Um, I, I was definitely one of those just like little like punk rock hooligans just running around doing drugs, like you know. I'm I'm that kid on acid on the beach. He's oh, just like no. yeah, not not anymore. Yeah, it's just Good. like you know that weird like high school figuring yourself out sort of thing. And you know when you when you're in a small town like that, you kind of just have to make do with what you have. Um, but you know, despite all the bad decisions I've made, I th- I think it was the coolest thing uh, like I got to experience. Like really, just living in like this this surreal no man's land of just like like almost like dead or niche culture. I'm not really sure. Um, and then I left. You know, I came here, I moved to the city, got my act together. I'm now a functioning member of society. Ooh. You know, as much as an artist can be. Yes, it's true. <laughs> and um, now I'm just like, you know, been developing my practice, like looking back on these times. Nostalgic. Mm-hmm. And it, it, there, there becomes like this certain kind of like hazy gray area. Totally. Whereas like, you know, was my town weird or was I weird? You reimagine. You know, did this event really happen or was I just tripping balls? <laughs> um, so using kind of like, I guess this like breakdown of my memory as it like reconsolidates like different stories into one another. I've been kind of like, you know, really want to like go back and like paint my town. Not necessarily how I remember it, but how my memory has been treating it. You know, so um, a lot, a lot of those surreal landscapes were part of my uh, like uh, '95 underpass series. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody goes on my website, it's uh, the one series that's titled under like a specific like um, geographical yes. code. I've mm-hmm. not bothered to memorize it, <laughs> so I'm just gonna call it the underpass series. Yeah. But this uh, this piece I went under this series I went under the uh, the um, framework of doing sort of like architectural studies of like underneath like causeway and highway like underpasses. There's a lot of beauty in the light down there sometimes. Yeah, yeah. and it's it also um, for some reasons actually has like very fond memories of like that's where me and my little hood rat friends would like go and like 
just you know hang out and like be weird you know like, there's these little places that are just like totally separated from like the confines of polite society and just like hanging out under bridges just like just being be gross yeah exactly just being ourselves so I, I really fond of like that specific nature of architecture and then so I do like these little studies of that on painting and then like given you know like how like these studies are like framed around the painting compositionally I would start to inject um, like very like self-specific like anecdotal stories like I mean every one of those paintings is in some sense a true story you know I, I know I have one painting that's like this like weird like fort made out of like USPS boxes mm -hmm. underneath that it was because me and my friends once ordered a few thousand USPS boxes online because they're free and we went out to one of like our signature abandoned lots um, that we called Soundless Mountain and built forts made out of these boxes and then smoked a little bit too much weed got really paranoid and then remembered that it's one a felony offense to be using uh, to be misusing government property and two all of our names and addresses were printed on the boxes so we spent because you like, ordered them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we spent like an hour spray painting like our names off the labels and trying to chuck them into the bushes so that the cops wouldn't like find us and track us down for misusing government property even though my name that I used to order those boxes was Cornelius Hamburger <laughs> This is all true. <laughs> so, uh, so this this is where that surreal sense of my paintings come from. Is because I, you know, when you when you do the things that when you live in a town that I live in, you just kind of have to make up these very surreal ways to like entertain yourself. I saw, I saw this series when you had the show a solo show at And Gallery. That, and that, that was the series, the Underpass series. Right? Yeah, yeah, I saw those paintings that you were talking about, and I think there was like um, that. There was definitely like this whimsical attitude, you know, that you were describing also with the tickets. But I feel like there's also like um, a sensibility to it that you're that you're also talking about moments that can be like funny, but they can also be tragic, you know? So it has like both in it for me. It was like, um, it was like seeing, you know, the, the you know young kids on, in the underpass and they're kind of like trying to figure out life, but it was also like, it was also a struggle. It was not all, you know, cupcakes and rainbows, you know? So you, and I, and I feel like it was kind of like this, this struggle to, for me, it was kind of an psychologist. I kind of helped myself. <laughs> it was like this struggle of like finding also identity and finding also the identity in a capitalist society. I don't know about that, but it just I, I, I mean, these I'm boxes just... were kind of like for me also like this. Their consumerism, you know, or like you were go, you were going away from that because where would teenagers usually meet it would be like a mall right or it would be like in Miami it would be a mall I don't know totally. but it was like for you it was like the underpass you know it was like where homeless people usually would be right or um, people that are on the outskirts of society so for me it was like it was like it, it had like these funny moments that you're describing but it also had like an under an, an, an under, undertone that was that was really touching, you know? So I, that that was also what made that show really, really great for me. There was like an honesty in, in those paintings, you know, that were, was really, like really um, connect, like I felt connected to I'm, that. I'm, I mean, you're pretty spot on. I mean, you know, when, you, when, when you're 16 and like, you know, like smoking weird drugs under underpasses, it's not because you're like a happy person with like, you know, like a well-adjusted like life. I mean, I'm my my parents are gonna listen to this, so I had great parents. Okay. Right? I, I I grew up in a very happy like married middle class uh, like household. I mean, my my parents did such a phenomenal job given like the shit that I was up to. Mom and dad, I love you. <laughs> we love, <laughs> we you, love too. you guys. Yeah. Um, but I I mean, there was kind of like this unified sense between me and my friends of like. 
you know, definitely like not really understanding where we were. Um, you know, I, I, I know for me that turned later into what's probably chronic depression. Um, you know, so uh, a pretty sizable number of like the f- people who I would like go on these weird adventures with, um, they're dead now. Uh, you know, Melbourne got hit pretty hard by the opioid crisis. Um, you know, I think on average, maybe we lose a friend a year uh, to that, uh, especially during the fentanyl um, spike. Um, but I mean, that's, you know, that's how it goes. You know, like that's like, and because these memories or these paintings are kind yeah. of like based off of um, like how I remember these things, you know, like there, it's it's definitely been tainted by that. You know, um, actually, in uh, one of the uh, the paintings, the one of the Winnebago, I painted um, uh, under pole fish. Remember, like the fish that's painted under a pole. There's a, a little framed picture, which was the last picture of uh, me and one of my friends, who was the uh, the most recent to leave, who um, had died while I was painting that series. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, Yeah. so, you know, that's kind of the mixed bag of, like, growing up in, you know, this really, like, whimsical and kind of, like, fun. Like, it was, I had so much fun being just, like, a total weirdo, like, growing up in Central Florida. But, you know, then you grow up and, you know, some of you get out and, you know, some Some of you don't. don't. Mm -hmm. You know, another one of my friends who's in one of my paintings is now... A, uh, a very, or at least will be a very accomplished neuroscientist. Incredible. Up in like one of like the greatest neuroscience labs, like oh. up uh, up north, like what's up Anthony Crown. Um, That's awesome, congrats. Yeah, yeah, so you know, all, all of us moved on and mm-hmm. you know, when you, when, you, when you all come together in like these like such like tumultuous circumstances, you all go these separate ways, you know? So I, I've got friends who are way more successful than I can ever be. I got friends who, you know, died way early. Um, so yeah, you have to approach that with like that sort of honesty is that like, it was really this sort of no space where, no man's land you know, yeah, where, where none of us really had like these set futures yet. Like, you know, when, when, when I was like, like doing all like the, you know, the weird Florida stuff, I could have just as easily been a neuroscientist and I could have just as easily like died. Mm-hmm. So, you know, considering that now I'm, like, a very happy, like, painter, butcher dude here in Miami, like, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied how I got out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes the, the reaching out or, like, hey, what do you think? This is what I'm doing. Any, just sometimes the, the capacity to be able to look outside of yourself and have the, the drive to just think of or like you reached out to Jeffrey and you're like hey just graduated what do you think what do you think and she's like hey why don't you try this and you're like okay why not you know (laughs) sometimes it's just about that um sometimes people are scared or sometimes they just don't think they can and so we're lucky that you could and and I think it's also like in the in that phase of like finding your finding your place in the world you know or self-discovery it's also like I feel like it's just so important that you also find the thing that you really want to do, you know? And I think for you, it definitely was painting and it was like going to a new world, right? It was like a thing that you could, you could, um, you know, fulfill yourself or I don't know. I don't know how you would describe that. I, I mean, it's, this is kind of like, you know, like the cheesy, like end all be all answer, but I've always been an artist. Yeah. I've, for for as long as I can remember, like, you know, it was either drawing or just making things. So even way before, like you were like, um, you doing street art. So way before you were even draw, you were drawing. You were doing all kinds of. Oh stuff. yeah, my I, I I don't have memories mm-hmm. where I wasn't like mm-hmm. functioning in some way as an artist. Like I was I was doing it before I was forming memories. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody in your immediate family who was kind of sort of? leaning towards any artistic um, capacity or was it just like just you just a thing you would do um, my, my, my little brother is uh, definitely kind of like continuing on with um, his own practice he's actually uh, Bobby Bills is um, in uh, LA right now uh, doing um, like filming for skateboarding oh, and, wow. and doing it really well too like last I checked he was out like traveling like Europe um, you know like doing videos for 
like really accomplished skateboarders. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, he's he's so cool, man. <laughs> You're like I got so a cool both sibling. of you are really have the, the artistic gene or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and the rest of my family is all uh, you know like engineers, mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. Controls, very cool. Still, oh, yeah. You know. Um, we wanted to know, do you have any upcoming either exhibits that you're working on? You're a resident here at the Big House Art Complex, so if people are interested to check out your space, upstairs to you, great studio. Um, and he says old studio, old studio she has like it's a great space it really is. It. It's, it's cozy it's cozy and um, it gets the job done which is what matters the most um or any things that you're working on now that you're excited about that you'd like to share with us um i, I i've i've got a few shows that are potentially coming up it's i'm in that uh, very specific stage of like having studio visits cool. that will eventually come out of shows did you have a show outside of the United States recently? Yeah, next, what's, it's September right now, right? Yeah. November, um, November, I believe 7th, or no, 1st through the 17th, if memory serves me right. Um, I have a, a presence in a group show in South Korea. I nice. saw that. How, I'm really that's excited. That's incredible. Cool. I, I, I looked into the museum that's doing it, and I actually really like their work. Would you fly out? No. You can't work. It's, like. I mean, it, it's two really small paintings in uh, a, uh, a group show of a, uh, called Contemporary Landscape. Oh, cool. Um, but I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's two small paintings, I don't speak the language, and I'm really trying to like save up some travel money so I can go like see Berlin. Uh, I've been itching to go there for a while. You would love Berlin, I think. Yeah, yeah, I've been too. thinking a lot about Berlin lately. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who moved there with his the, girlfriend. Especially East Berlin, like all the buildings and all yeah. the you know from communist times i think you would you would enjoy the feel <laughs> I've ever got my, my, my friend the actual the, the neuroscientist um goes to berlin pretty often and keeps telling me how much i would love it yeah He'd drag you along yeah I'd be like yeah. Old yeah me uh me him and uh, one of our mutual friends we were all like best friends in high school mm -hmm. um We've been uh, talking recently about having like a little uh, reunion up there. That'd be cool. Or New York, depending how all of our finances converge. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta keep it. Simple. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, I saw that on your. I saw that on your resume. I was like, that's a cool thing. I'm glad. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah. I, I. This. This is a neat museum, and their uh, their contemporary landscape show is um, an annual thing. Mm -hmm. So I like look through like the artist list of the last one, and like most of these people have like some pretty nice MFAs, and I've wow. been doing this for a while. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice. I just like show up my little New World BFA, like, hey, here's some paintings. <laughs> it, it, it was part of my um, uh, two paintings from uh, my accidental cell phone picture series. Mm -hmm. That's like only like four like small paintings. Mm -hmm. But um, every time that like I have like I'm like holding my cell phone and like accidentally opens up the camera and like oh, takes God. a picture of my feet or something. We all have that. It's hilarious for me. It's always just black cube, just nothing. I've, I've, I've got a lot of them because apparently I'm clumsy. Well, every every now and then I get one that's actually like pretty interesting looking, and uh, I, did, I did a series of four where I would like paint it like as honestly as I could. So it's kind of like this like very weird like representational like abstract like some of them's like smeared from the camera moving, like blurry. Yeah. Like, what is so that? so naturally that would get into a contemporary landscape show. <laughs> Wonderful and landscape's so big now. You got the book too at the the landscape now book. Oh, God, That's I, I just love that this book so beautiful, much. beautiful. Barry, Barry Schwabsky's coming out with another book. I think it drops in December that I'm like pre-ordering. You're so funny. Another landscape book? No, or? no. This one's um, it's called the Observer Effect. I'm not entirely sure what its actual premise is about. But I mean, I just I, You're I, I already like, yeah. He's he's becoming like the canonized like contemporary painting critic. Like I have yeah. to read all of his work. Yeah, it's basically and he's my a job. nice guy too, right? He's like he seems like he's a nice guy. He does. He, like, just in his writing, he definitely like gives everyone like a fair shot. Yeah, at least as far as I think like you know contemporary Western uh, art critic can get. But we're not gonna <laughs> open that can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> All right, we have one last question. You've been sitting in a magical rocking chair and he grants you three wishes. You can wish for anything and everything, but you have to say it out loud for it to come true. true. These are the rules of the rocking chair. Okay. So what are your three wishes? Oh man, I'm glad there were three because I was like really stressing out about one. <laughs> um, 
Well, so now I have room to go with the really obvious first one, mm -hmm. which is um, uh, universal and hyper-accessible education, which is like a really easy way to say like world peace and total liberty for all because, totally. you know, if you have an educated world population, like the rest of that follows, I believe. Mm -hmm. Great. So let's get everyone in school. The second one I would say is a lifetime supply of fresh brand new socks. Socks can be very I mean, You're just always <laughs> losing them in the washer and the dryer. I, it's I, horrible. My entire lifetime, I have not once gotten tired of the sensation of a brand new sock. Like, like, fresh, like you, you open like, up that fresh pack, you put on that first like pair of socks. And, and they're like, like a little bit starchy, like they don't quite fit, like you know they're new. You know? Versus when they're new, they're already like flattened out and it's like, oh, these have been used. Yeah. These have seen some hard times. I, I, I want to find out like some sort of like laundry magic where like I can like wash a sock and it just feels brand new or again. Or you could starch, starch it. That might be it. That I might be it. Have you ever tried a dry cleaner for your socks? <sighs> I think, I think there's a spray. I'll look it. into it. I'm, I'm, I'm a painter in the food service industry. I don't have dry cleaning money. <laughs> this is true. I'll look into starch. I'll keep you posted. Third wish. That's funny. Uh, Just cheaper than buying new ones all the time. <laughs> that's why it's a wish. Oh, that's a good <laughs> Okay, we're going to make that happen. We're going to make that happen. Yes. We're going <laughs> some um, from somebody from Wolford or one of your favorite socks are gonna is gonna listen and make that up. But okay, third wish. Oh man, third wish. Oh, I've really only thought about two. I was so nervous about this question all yeah, day. Funny. Don't visit Thomas it's, unless it's you a have socks. It's a nerve question. I always get everyone. I, I accept question. payments and socks. Yes. <laughs> um. God, I really hope I get more parking tickets. Okay. That's a we, good third wish. We hope wish. the universe will do that. Yeah. You should just we design should channel district, all the parking tickets all the time. Like just, they're always out there, yeah. like sharks. Don't do the beach; you'll get towed. But I think the design district for sure. I'm pretty sure if I get towed, I can just get the paperwork from being towed. And it'd then, be larger though. It wouldn't be petite. Yeah, but it'd be larger, but it'll also cost like way more. Yeah, so I because think I need of a all that towing I would, and I would need a larger painting to justify uh, selling it for that much. Yeah. This is true. Okay. Well, we yeah, I think you should go for more expensive tickets. <laughs> the chair will I really want really tickets from out of town. Like, yeah. I, when I went to Tampa a few months ago, I was really bummed out I didn't get a yeah. ticket. Oh, or maybe you want to go to California for a little while. Orlando. <laughs> if my car can make it that far. <laughs> Visit your brother in LA. Yeah. Okay, like, hey, what's up? Let's park where we're going. It's so funny. <laughs> no, park the car. Alrighty. Well, um, thank, thank you, you for so much. With us. Yeah, of yeah. course. For hopping over, I'm down and over, and visiting this corner of the Downstairs. big house. You're very really are <laughs> thank you Lisa thank you guys for uh, we have me. two teeny teeny tiny really sweet kittens in the next studio that we are trying to find a forever oh, home for so if you have a space for a little teeny tiny kitty message us on are Instagram gonna be, uh, yeah. are, they, are they next door like right now neutered right now. or spootered or oh, whatever yeah and we just didn't have them in here because we knew it'd be check distracting check out the um, uh, Instagram of um, Deanna Diana. Yeah. Um, and Pedro Vatan. Yeah. And we'll see you all next week. So hopefully if you were interested, let us know. And hopefully you'll find a forever home. All right. And thank you for sitting us with us. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Tom. Later, Bye, dudes. guys. Bye, y'all.